You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi everyone, Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation from Curtis and he didn't have a specific topic that he wanted me to cover, so I've decided to cover the topic of paying men less. Anyways, a few days ago someone sent me a link to an article at The Guardian called A Radical Fix the World's Wage Gap. Why Not Just Pay Women More and Pay Men Less? by writer Jessica Valenti. And here's a paragraph from her article. What if the boldest solution for the wage gap isn't about raising women's salaries at all? What if we actually paid men less? And over the weekend, former New York Times executive editor Jill Abramson fired in part, she says, after she had conversations about pay disparity. And she told a reporter that the best way for newsroom leaders with a limited budget to fix salary inequalities is to bring the guys down to give a little bit more to the girls. And I did that at the time, she says. And no one's happy to get a pay cut, but too bad. Too bad indeed. The Washington Post's masthead is about to become all-male. And the U.S. wage gap has barely moved in over a decade. Politicians here are deriding new equal pay laws in midterm campaign ads. And the U.K. as well isn't faring much better, even though they don't have such laws. Given the sad status of women in working lately, it may be that a little I don't fucking care if you like it is exactly what gender equality needs right now. Some men's antipathy towards feminism comes from the fear that leveling the playing field will mean taking away from men's existing power. And for a long time, feminists have been sensitive to that concern, insisting that equality is not a zero-sum game, and there's enough money, jobs, and justice to go around for everyone. That chunk of Jessica Valenti's article should strike terror and fear into the hearts and minds of men working in corporations and government jobs across all Western nations. And with Hillary Clinton most likely to become elected as the next President of the United States, I fear that country will start implementing such insane measures to buy votes and to fight a wage gap that it was disproven a long time ago. And how is the government supposed to enforce this law outside of corporate environments as well as government jobs? If I do a job as a contractor, does my client have the right to lower the rate he or she pays me based on the original price that I quoted them at, because I'm a man? And if so, then I'll just probably end up raising my quote to a higher price and then actually get the pay rate that I want. And if anyone complains about the fact that I raised my rate to reflect the new reality of the world and the reality of paying men less, I'll just say, take it or leave it. You can either hire me or go somewhere else. Because I know my job is a tough one, and I know very few people actually have the training, equipment, as well as the experience to do it properly. But imagine a world where men had to forcibly take a pay cut simply for having a penis. Just think of the boost that that would create for consumer spending. Instead of 80-90% to 90 of all consumer purchases made by women, we would get 85-95% to 95 of all purchases made by women. And who needs to save money in their bank accounts anyways? Certainly not men. And while we're at it, why don't we also introduce a savings tax for men as opposed to women? Maybe we can charge a higher tax rate on men as well. One of my favorite writers, Kurt Vonnegut, wrote an amazing piece of science fiction called Harrison Bergeron back in the 60s. It takes place in 2081, in an America where the Constitution is amended to make all Americans fully equal. 
and no one is allowed to be wealthier, make more money, be smarter or better looking than anyone else. And there are basically government agents called handicapper generals that go around and enforce the equality laws. This is the world that feminists want, except they want to handicap men beyond the level of equality and put us somewhere down on the scale between a dog and a chimpanzee. Paying men less by government decree is handicapping men like we see in the dystopian world of Harrison Bergeron. And I would hate to imagine such a world coming to action. If you're working at a government or corporate job, then as a man you have no way of fighting a reduction in your pay if the company you work for is basically forced to do so by government bureaucrats. You have no say in what happens to the money that you get from payroll. But imagine if companies could legally reduce the cost of labor so that it matched the amount of money women were paid as well. That would surely boost their bottom lines, as well as reduce their future costs, and probably even boost their stock price moving forward. They would still have the same productivity, but they would often pocket big savings. And they would probably be paying their upper management and CEOs big bonuses at the expense of regular office worker drones. But the truth is, regardless of what happens to this insane idea to pay men less for the same type of work, to create a world without a pay gap, I still believe that most work will probably disappear in the next 10 to 20 years. At least the types of work that we're usually accustomed to. But don't take my word for it. Take the word of Larry Page, the CEO of Google. The second article I'm including in the description below is called, Computers are going to take our jobs, and there's no way around it. And according to Larry Page, he believes that computers are better suited to handling most types of work. Artificial intelligence technology, even in its most basic forms, is still more efficient and less prone to errors than the human workforce what we have now. And the irony is that women are the ones that do most of the menial labor jobs in our economy. And they're usually the ones doing data entry, and processing paperwork, and answering company phones in most cases. And those are the types of jobs that will probably be phased out due to technology. The future of work will probably be more about thinking and creative problem solving, and less about typical imitation of other workforce drones that women thrive on. And I believe that men are more creative and technically skilled than most women, so it's men that will rule in such a leaner and meaner workforce. And I believe that Larry Page sees a future where, say, the typical business owner basically has computers to do 10 or 20 different jobs. Everything from accounting, marketing, customer service, automated pickup and delivery through driverless delivery vans, as well as many other positions. And the small business owner in such a case will be like the CEO and manager directing these technologies to work together. But as we all know, organizations sink or swim based on their leadership. And if the leader is a woman or man that's not capable of good leadership, then that business is doomed to begin with. And from my experience, good leaders are actually born with that particular talent and have to work at skills associated with managing people as well as businesses. So in the future where more people will be hustlers and small business owners, how are men supposed to get paid less than women? Is that even going to happen? If the future that Larry Page envisions comes true, then more women will start their own businesses, and men will thus be responsible for maintaining those automated technologies that women use. They will make sure all of the software and hardware interface properly together, and in such an economy men will probably make the majority of the money. I remember reading years ago that during the San Francisco Gold Rush of 1849, that the majority of people didn't get rich because they were looking and digging for gold. Instead, most of those that actually made money were selling shovels and pickaxes to everybody else. A good business strategy is never to search for gold yourself, but sell others the means to do so. If they don't get rich, you still make money, and you're guaranteed to do so. And here's another paragraph from that Jessica Valenti article about paying men less. 
I understand that men may not exactly love the idea of taking pay cuts or giving up power more broadly in the name of gender justice, but the scales have been tipped towards men for too long. And if fixing a huge systemic inequality means that some guy's paycheck needs to take a hit, I'm always okay with privileging the marginalized. This kind of progressiveness at the workplace is not about giving women special treatment or punishing men. We need to put a final end to the long-standing injustice and redress an unmoving wrong. It may take radical action, but it's not a radical idea. And given the legal roadblocks, cutting men's salaries to offer women more money may not be a realistic vision for pay fairness. But the World Economic Forum just reported that we won't see worldwide gender equality until approximately 2095. And at that rate, women will be riding around on hoverboards before they're making the same amount of money as their male counterparts. So there you have it, folks. Men's paychecks need to take a hit to create privilege for the marginalized women. They aren't even hiding that word privilege anymore. The writer wants women to be privileged. If such a scheme were ever to be implemented, companies would lose employees because men would probably start their own businesses and start telling the government and corporations to go to hell. The people proposing pay cuts to men don't understand that many men's paychecks already go to their wives. So cutting male salaries would just hurt women as well. And this type of thinking is dangerous and short-sighted because the people proposing or talking about it aren't aware of how economics works. They just see money being paid at the source, and they don't see how that money is distributed throughout the economy. And if this is actually implemented, then it won't be long before wives give out allowances to their working husbands, just like they do in Japan. And as men have lost more and more liberties over the last 40 to 50 years, they have just accepted it. And I don't know why men aren't standing up to this type of bullshit. Maybe it's all the estrogen in the plastic water bottles that we drink from. After all, estrogen makes you more emotionally upset, but you're less likely to take action. So your motions increase in temperature like a Thanksgiving Day turkey in the oven, but you can't do anything about it. And these are the types of places that many men are finding themselves in lately. We are upset, but we sit there and we accept it. Men going their own way are like Harrison Bergeron. We refuse to be handicapped by being in a relationship, and we refuse to have our health, wealth, and happiness subverted by women. A wedding band around a man's finger just turns him into Gollum from Lord of the Rings. It saps his vitality. And if governments try to socially engineer the financial affairs of men, it will not be without consequences to those governments. Men will probably end up working less and become less productive if they're forced through proxy government violence to hand over their booty to women. And we'll all be poorer as a result. Anyways, that's all I've got to say for today. Thanks again for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.